You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter 6, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, and we're going to read down to uh, a couple verses here, and I'll pause, but I know this is a familiar story, and I'm just going to say real quick, just because it's bothering me, Brother Tommy, I think it's ringing just a little bit. I don't normally talk that loud, maybe that's why you have me turned up a little bit, but that's, that's better. Can you hear me okay? Is that okay? All right, thank you. I have ADD, so I would have been thinking about that the entire time. Uh, Brother Moody can't hear me, but he doesn't listen anyway, so that's okay, uh, but... This uh, familiar story, you've probably heard it a hundred times, and if you could bear with me, let's hear it one more time. But something in this story, uh, this account rather, it's not just a story, it's a real life event that took place. Uh, just bear with me a moment, I'd like to share with you what God's laid in my heart. It says in the verse 1, chapter 6, Gospel of John, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Look at verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that they may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I want to pause there just for a moment. And uh, although we've heard the story many times and, uh, and we've, we read the end of the story, these guys are living it out. And uh, I put myself in their situation where uh, they're literally asking uh, Philip here, he say, how are we going to be able to buy this much food for everybody? And I said, and that's, a, that's a question that I would probably ask. And then you got Andrew that comes, comes through and says, hey, there's a, a lad here with a lunch, but what is this among so many? Uh, they're trying, but you can hear the doubts in their voices as they're trying to come up with ideas about this. Verse 10, it says, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. They had their first COVID-19 outdoor gathering picnic out there on the grassy hills. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks... He distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments and remains, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Verse 14, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said this of a truth, that prophet that should come into the the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray you just be with us in these few moments tonight. Lord, please uh, give me clarity of thought. Give me the words to say, Lord. Lord, I pray you empty myself and fill me with your power and your spirit tonight, Lord. Help us not miss what you have for us tonight, Lord. I pray for the children and master clubs, Lord. I pray that you would be with the workers and the teachers over there. Lord, I pray tonight would be the night maybe of one of the children's salvation tonight, that they would uh, come to the realization that they need you in their life. Lord, I pray you bless the time tonight in your word. Bless our pastors. He's away. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Very familiar story, and uh, excuse me for reading all those verses, but I kind of have to read it to kind of get back in the mood of telling the story. And uh, definitely a, a story that we like to, to tell a lot, the feeding of the 5,000. 
and uh, probably one of the largest miracles that God did as far as uh, while he was on this earth where people saw 5,000 and plus all the women and children. But we see that um, here that God has something to offer uh, to us, but he has, every, he has a plan for each and every one of us. And uh, as I oftentimes, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been over in children's church on Sunday mornings, I try to tell the children, because uh, i got to remind myself, that God has a plan for everyone. We're not here by mistake. And then I start to think about the many people that don't know Christ as their Savior. There's a plan for their life, too. They just haven't given their life to God. We need to seek to, to try to reach the lost. But I wonder if we were to offer what we have to the Lord, how He could bless it and multiply it. We read the story tonight, and we see how it was beyond their... Uh, look at the verse number here. So I try to say it off my memory. Verse 10, So that the men set down a number about 5,000. I'm looking for the verse here. Bear with me a second here. Thank you. Let's go back to verse 9. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing should be lost. Here it is, verse 13. Therefore they gathered them together, the twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. God gave uh, exceeding miracle here. By way of introduction tonight, I'd like to just do three main points here for the introduction. I don't have a long message part of it, so don't be uh, getting nervous when the introduction goes pretty long here. But I see here by the, in the scripture, the first thing I see is there's a large need. There's a large need. And I'm very thankful that Jesus sees the large need. When Jesus uh, landed, he saw the people waiting. And in Mark, he observed that he was moved with compassion toward them because they were as a, a sheep, not having a shepherd, and began to teach them many things. Jesus spoke unto them of the kingdom of God, and he revealed that he could heal, their, heal the sick. And what a picture that the scripture gives us of this occasion here. He was the good shepherd, caring for and calling to the thousands. They were gathered together like sheep on a grassy hillside. He says he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities in Hebrews 4.15. Jesus knows, and Jesus even asked the question, and there in the scripture we see he says he knew what he was going to do, but he was just asking his disciples. And like I've said before, that they started to suggest things. Uh, in Mark 6.35, it's uh, in, in Mark chapter 6, I think it's verse 35, they suggested sending the people away. The disciples are trying to come up with a plan for Jesus. Hey, well, let's send them away. Uh, we're in a desert place, and they found lodging. Obviously, they can find some food for themselves. Uh, but Jesus didn't have that as his plan. The disciples uh, struggled, and they doubt, and they couldn't uh, come up with any other ideas. So they came to the conclusion that there was a lad with a little lunch and said, well, what about this? It's not much, but what can we do with this? Somewhat impatiently, they reminded the Lord in Luke 9, it says, hey, we're here in a desert place. They're trying to say, oh, let's, let's try to get out of this, but okay, here's the plan. Can I just say, church family, the things that perplex us the most are the things that are easily handed, handled by the Lord. I look at just around the world tonight and see all the, the news, and can I just be honest with you, I have not watched the news in a long time, uh, I can't even read headlines anymore without being upset, uh, so I just don't want to. Uh, if I want to ha have a bad, um, you know, a bad day, I just go to Walmart and get in, and, and get in the line and wait and get, have everybody give me dirty looks. Uh, but that's, that's how I can have a bad day. No, I'm just halfway kidding with that. 
but I don't want to, I don't want to be in, uh, so focused on everything that's going around because there's a large need, and I had to remember that God can easily fix those things. Jesus often spoke a few words uh, just to, uh, to, to heal someone. Many accounts in the Bible says, Thy sins be forgiven. Uh, thy faith has made thee whole. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. God spoke those things, into, um, and they happen. Nature always obeys his command. He ceases the wind and calms the storm. The real question then is not whether Christ can deal with these problems, this large need here. The question has always been whether or not we have confidence in his power. Let me just say that God, somewhere in tonight, whether it's been in the past, right now, or it's going to be in the future, there's a large need in your life. I don't know what that is. It could be a, a financial situation. It could be a family relationship between a, uh, maybe a spouse or a sibling or a parent. It could be a job situation. I don't know what the large need is. But can I tell you tonight that God sees your large need. Jesus was moved with compassion. He saw the large need. And the disciples are getting so focused on how can, we, how can we help Jesus fix this that they forgot the most important thing was to just let God handle it and say, God, whatever you want me to do. We need to have uh, rest in his confidence of his all-sufficient power. You know what's crazy is they're, they're, they were amazed when Jesus said, hey, they don't need to depart. Let's give them something to eat. I'm sure that they started to look around and ask each other. They said, hey, did, did one of you order pizza or something? Because I don't know where this food is coming from. But Jesus says, we're going to feed them. Uh, and they started to probably have some doubts. Uh, John 6, verse 7, we read it. Philip answered, 200 uh, penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every uh, one of them would just take a little bit. Uh, Philip had already calculated that it would, would it cost to feed the 5,000, and uh, that would be about a half year's worth of wages, just to have everybody have a little bit. But as many people often do, and myself included, they had greatly underestimated what the Lord could do with something so little. Jesus was about to show the disciples that he could provide the people with more than enough. So I want to say, church family, before we complain about what we don't have, we need to re realize what we do have. And we have somebody, Jesus Christ, that owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He's our great comfort, the great physician. He knows all things. So many times, church family, I doubt. And I start to try to realize, uh, figure out things on my own. And I have to remind myself, wait a minute. What did you do so many years ago when you asked Jesus Christ to come to your heart to save you? You put your faith in him. I don't doubt that. Why can I not have faith in something right now that's happening that I can see? We all fall short. Faith looks for potential. Unbelief only sees obstacles. So I see that there's a large need tonight. But next, I see in this passage of, uh, of Scripture here, there's a little offering. A little offering. All four of the Gospels tell us the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, but only John records the fact that there was a little boy who gave his lunch to Jesus. There's only one verse that even makes reference to it, and we read it, verse number 9. The single reference, however, adds a beautiful uh, touch to the story. It speaks loudly of the ways of God, and that is that it can encourage all of us to offer whatever we have, even if it's little. You might say, this is little, I don't have much to offer, but... God's just looking for someone that's willing. It speaks loudly of the ways of God and encourages all of us to give what we can to the Master. You know, I was thinking about this as, as uh, many times that I would work uh, uh, in Illinois on the hot summer days, and not as hot as here, but close, and I would work in grain bins, and, and I would work on sometimes, a lot of times, those roofs, and it was that sun shining off that roof, and I would get overheated. But I remember many times, before I even got to lunch, I had already ate my lunch. I didn't even realize it. And so I wouldn't have blamed this little boy right here to have already have eaten his lunch, but here he is. He still has his lunch. 
and he's offering it to Jesus. I wouldn't have blamed him that he hears that everybody else is hungry, but he's holding that lunch, says, well, I'm taking care of. My mom thought this one out, and she, he probably didn't pack it. His mom gave it to him, and he said, I'm just going to keep it myself. But somehow this boy, and get this, forgot his own needs, and he offered what he had to Jesus. I think about how many times in my life that I'm so focused on myself. I think about just even when, when we're born into this world. And uh, when, when a baby is born, the, they're immediately, their, their hands are constantly trying to grab. And that's why many times, you know, we put the, the gloves on them, uh, the straitjacket is what I call it, the, as you swaddle them. Uh, but you, so they don't scratch themselves, they don't injure themselves. And uh, they're constantly trying to grab things. They're, they're crying because they're hungry. They're crying because they're tired. They're crying because they need a uh, mom to change the diaper. Uh, they're, they're crying because they have no idea why they're crying, but they're crying because they want something. And that's how we are. We come to this world where we always want something. You know, it's, it's interesting when someone dies and leaves this earth that they can no longer grab it, their hands open up. It's we come to this world trying to get things for ourselves, but we leave with nothing except Jesus Christ. And I think about how this little boy somehow forgot his own needs. And so many times I'm focused on my family and what I need to do and this, and I forget about those around me who God's put into my life to be able to help, help meet a need. In the presence of Jesus Christ, this boy had caught the spirit of giving. And uh, giving is very infectious. It's selfless. When a person opens his heart to God, he also opens his hand to others. And you can tell. You can tell when someone is a giving person. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was, well, probably not a couple weeks ago. It seems like a couple weeks ago. We're in the process of moving uh, to a different location, actually just here in the church neighborhood. And uh, you pray for us on that. It's going a little bit slower than we would like, uh, but that's how I guess it's supposed to go right now. But I remember I was, I was asking, looking for help, and there was many people that offered help, don't get me wrong, but I'm the type of person that's like, I didn't really plan how to move all this stuff, so I don't want to get someone that has a tight schedule. So I uh, called a teenager. And uh, Nathaniel Vassatero, he's not in here. And uh, as we were driving to go do some work, he said, I'm kind of shocked that you'd ask me. I said, Nathaniel, you don't realize something. You have something that not a lot of people have. You have a wide open schedule. You are very available. You told me you weren't working today and tomorrow, so I have you for today and tomorrow. And, uh, but that's how, that's how so many times we, get, we fill up our schedule, but God's just looking for someone that is available. Uh, the best ability is availability. And I see that there's a large theme, there's a little offering. This is what I love about this part right here. Look at verse number 11. It says this, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks. Think about this. <laughs> what an what a amazing statement here. Here was Jesus, the Lord of glory, the Son of the Almighty, that is giving thanks about a little boy who gave his lunch. Jesus is thankful for whatever we give to him. And again, I don't know what the large need is your life, but there's, a little, there's something that we need to do. It's called stepping out by faith. I think of many churches across this nation that are having a hard time meeting and getting fined uh, and having to spend a lot of money just to have church, and they're stepping out in faith. I hope that even in our own lives, when it comes to the point where our faith is going to be challenged, I hope that we will step out in faith, and, put God, and, and, and God's putting us to the test so we can trust in Him. And, uh, you know, sometimes I say this uh, when I don't understand what's going on. It says, well, the Lord knows. But sometimes I say that just because that's the right Sunday school answer to say, Right? Uh, the Lord knows, or God's in control, but I have a hard time trying to remember like, and try to practice that. I mean, I, oh, God's in control. Why am I worrying about this? Well, uh, and I'm not making light of this. I'm not making excuses. Well, I'm human. Uh, I, I, I fret all the time, and I think about how I can fix this on my own. That's just how I am. And i got to remember, God says, no, I just want you to step out in faith and put it all in my hands, and that's where it should be. Follow me. I'm still in my introduction here. I'm not to the message yet. I'm sorry. See, the Lord was not interested in feeding the multitude here as well. 
He was also interested in nourishing the faith of his disciples. They learned that God often waits on us to act first so that he can do only what he can do and what we cannot do. See, the disciples were trying to come up with a plan and uh, how they could figure out how to help Jesus. And he says, no, I just want you to be willing. I want you to just listen to me, and uh, I'll, do, I'll do the rest. He was trying to, and I think about the little boy who gave his lunch. He gave his lunch. Many people were fed. We know the story. But the disciples, think about this, as they were going around, and, and they got, there's only five pieces of, uh, of bread and two fishes, and they're going around, and they're handing it out, and all of a sudden it just keeps going. And it keeps going, and they're realizing, man, I'm a part of this miracle. But they can't, they can't forget that there was the boy who started the whole thing, a little boy that says, here's this, I don't know what you could do with it, uh, but here's my lunch. And a lot of other people's faith were, uh, were, were gro- was grown because of that. And I think church family, so many people maybe around us that are watching us go through something, we have a great need, they're watching, they know about your need, but they're watching how you respond to that, how you trust Jesus Christ. And because of you going through that situation, having that faith, you're going to grow other faith around you, people's faith around you. And they found it was more than enough. So not only was there a great need, a little offering here. I want to just pause a moment. I'm, going to, I'm thinking about this right now. In John chapter 9, there's a blind man, and uh, he cannot see. That's what a blind man is, right? Can't see. And uh, he's calling out to Jesus for help, and, and he's trying to get down to, uh, you know, to, to get to Jesus, and he yells out to him, and Jesus goes and he sees him, and uh, or I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm talking about a different one. This one in John chapter 9, Jesus sees him. Uh, let's, let's go there, actually. John chapter 9, I want you to see this, these few uh, verses here. Verse number 1, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. I'm so thankful Jesus passed by. And right here it says he saw a man which is blind. Not only did Jesus pass by, but he saw. He saw the need. Okay, Lord sees your need. Lord sees your great need. It says, and also, you know, he was blind from his birth. Jesus knew where he came from, and he still showed compassion on him. I'm, I'm, I don't really want everybody to know my past because I don't have a perfect track record, but I'm thankful that God knows my past and still loves me and still has mercy on me and still has, and shows me his grace. And you read on in this story, I won't read the whole thing, but uh, they're, they're asking him, why, um, why is he blind? Is it because of his sin or because of his parents' sin? And Jesus says, no, it's not because of that. Jesus also knew his, uh, his, the reason why he was blind. You know, it wasn't because of that. And uh, this is what I don't understand sometimes reading this story, is why God didn't just say, hey, thy sight, you know, you can have your sight back. And it was like that. But he, what did he do? He, uh, he, did, uh, he spit in the dirt. He made some mud, wiped it on his eye, and said, go, go wash in the pool. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I've never had a kid, one of my kids, spit up on me when I was when they're facing this direction. Normally, when I saw it coming, it was either turning or throwing the baby to mom. Uh, but I've never had I had to experience that. And uh, Lord, ho- uh, hopefully that will that will I can say that a couple years from now as well. But I don't like anybody spitting on me. Uh, I don't like I don't like drinking after anybody. Uh, and I, I just I just it's just okay. Sorry, it's gross. Uh, I don't want to do that. And I definitely don't want mud on my face. And uh, maybe when I was younger, I liked to get dirty and get in the mud, but now it's like, no way, I don't want to do that. Uh, but here we see Jesus Christ is, is, is making mud, putting it in his eyes. Can I just say this? That was an interesting way that Christ healed him. And Christ gives us that prescription. Sometimes it's not what we think we need. We might not like it, but it's what we need. And so I don't know what kind of dirt and spit you're going through right now, 
But God's going to wash that away, and he's, you're going to see why you had to go through what you're going through. And I don't know where you are tonight, what the large need is, or what the issue is, but there's someone tonight, and maybe everything's going great, and praise the Lord for that. Maybe just pack this message away and use it sometime when there's a large need or some difficulty that comes into your life. But I'm so thankful that Jesus passed by my way someday. And uh, I'm wondering if there's someone tonight that does not know that heaven's their home. I plead with you that tonight would be the night of your salvation. But I think about the, the large need, uh, the, the little offering. If I could just say this as I'm flipping through my notes here to find my, my next page. Here we go. Praise the Lord for this. Not only was there a large need, a little offering, but we serve, and there is a limitless God. See, God is not restricted by our circumstances. I'm very thankful for that. I'm glad that God's not restricted to just meeting with us when we're in a church house uh, because of the last six months of how we've had to meet as a church. I'm thankful that God still met with us even when we were online only and in the tent and in the drive-through uh, drive services. He can roll the Red Sea back like a blanket. He can t uh, turn the water into wine. He can fix your problem. He can fix your issue. But see, the thing is about stepping out in faith, that little faith. And I'm not saying that we should just put a little faith in Jesus Christ. I'm just saying God just needs a little faith. So why don't we step out in faith? I don't know who it is tonight that needs to step out by faith, but I encourage you to. See, his authority over the sickness and death are limitless. His knowledge is infinite. Uh, that's why when sometimes somebody asks me a question and says, I don't know, but I know, who's, I know somebody who does know. And uh, we might not know this side of glory, but we'll know someday. And I'm glad we serve an awesome God, and uh, he, his strength is, ever, is everlasting. The Bible says that David says it this way in Psalm 139, Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. He has, a, he has amazing concern for us. He loves us. And I think we know that, but if you're anything like me, I need to be reminded of that. That when I get so focused on what I'm going through, wait a minute, Jesus cares about this. God cares about this. And I need to trust in him. What will we do as believers with the, the talents and the opportunities that God has given to us? There is much to do, and every Christian has an important role to play. I think about this feeding of the 5,000. I read it over and over again, and I, I tell the story to my kids. And that God is the same God we serve today. But I forget that. I forget that I serve that same God. A great multitude of people stood listening to Jesus Christ in that de uh, desert area. He taught them, and he healed them, and the day was moving, so they said, you know, I don't know if we should... Uh, stay here or, or tarry, or if God's going to feed us here. They wondered if he was going to send them away, but Christ could have, and he very well would have been still a miracle. He could have spoke the food into existence. He could have uh, called down uh, manna like he did with the children of Israel, could have fed them that way, but instead he chose to allow this little boy to step forward and show what a little faith can do. And uh, I don't know who it is tonight that needs to step out just with a little faith, but I wonder, church family, if only we... We're like that little boy with the lunch. What kind of abundant blessings that we would see in our, in our lives, in our, in our marriages, in our homes, in our church. And that's all introduction, okay? So here's the message. What happens? What happens when I give my all to God? Number one, you will experience His unfailing grace. I'm so thankful tonight that I could stand here. I, honestly, uh, if you know me at all, I don't like being up here. Uh, I tried so many times to figure out how do I not sit in that chair over there because I want to be down here. And uh, it's, I just don't like to be up in front of people. I'd much rather be doing something behind the scenes. But uh, I'm so thankful that I could have this opportunity to be here, but only because of the grace of God. And uh, I'm so thankful for his unfailing grace. Number two, not only what happens when you give 
your all to God, you will experience not only his unfailing grace, but you will experience his unex... If I could read my own notes here. His inexhaustible supply for every need. Now, I'm thankful that God sometimes gives me my wants, but I'm just thankful for that he supplies my needs. And it's over and above what we can imagine as we read here in the passage. So maybe someone here tonight is having a little pity party. Guess what? I've been there too. And saying, I don't, I don't understand, God, why you're doing all this. Can, you t- can I tell you something? I have a pity party sitting at a red light because I'm like, why is this red? It should be green for me. I don't like to stop. I'm thankful I'm moving away from the avenue because that stoplight, I think, is broken. It's always red. And uh, no matter which way I go, it's always red. But I'm so thankful that God gives me everything that I need and even sometimes things that I want. I wonder who's watching us tonight as we go through something, there's a need, and we say, you know what, I'm just going to give up. Can I tell you, I think I've shared this before, but I have uh, family members that are unsaved that have literally have said, you're brainwashing your kids to my parents. So don't worry, one day they'll, they'll, they'll wise up. Uh, and I guess I haven't wised up yet, I don't know. Uh, okay, I'm just joking, I'm just saying that uh, this, my family, uh, I can't even witness to them anymore. Uh, they don't want to hear about it. You know what's interesting? Every time there's a need, any time there's an ailment, someone has cancer in their family, guess who they call? And I'm glad of that. They call and ask for prayer. But you know, also I've had another family saying, said, well, we're just going to wait to see how this pans out for you. And they're waiting for us to just kind of throw in the towel and have an excuse. And I, I, can, I think we can go around the room tonight and many of us could say, you know what? Uh, we have many excuses why we could probably throw in the towel, but there's, there are no good reasons when you hold them up to uh, compare them to God and what he has for you in your life. I'm thankful for this. He supplies every need, His unfailing grace. Number three, what happens when I give my all to God and I step out in faith? I will experience His unquestionable purpose. What's His unquestionable purpose? Well, He wants to conform us to His image. And uh, although that is tough sometimes, uh, I'm thankful for that song, God's Still Working on Me. I'm glad even at uh, 28 years old, God's still working on me, still having patience. But I'm thankful for uh, that the, the opportunities that he has us go through to conform us to his image. Now, the things we go through could make us or break us. I think about, Brother Dan, the, 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 the passages of Scripture you've been going through with uh, our Sunday School series. And uh, we need to get you on a podcast, brother, because I, I love that Sunday School series. And uh, he's joking with, or he's laughing right now because he knows I've tried to do that. He doesn't want to do that. But he's talking about being shaken uh, but not stirred. And there's so many things in our life that come in and they shake us, but they don't stir us up. I pray that uh, as a church family, as examples to the next generation, when something comes in our life, that we will allow it to shake us up, but also stir us and move us into action. Somebody here tonight is waiting for somebody to step out in faith so they can step out in faith. You will experience his unquestionable purpose to conform us to his image. Number two, underneath this, to confirm our faith. Uh, and a better way to say it maybe would to separate the men from the boys. So he was really serious about this. And again, I don't at all want to pressure anybody. I don't, I'm thankful for the ones that are listening online and to the radio. Um, but I wonder how many people right now are using COVID-19 as an excuse to not come to church. Uh, I know there's many people in here that probably shouldn't even be here, but you're here. And I know there's probably people out there that should be here and they're not. Uh, but I wonder if we are to uh, go through some things in our lives that needs to confirm our faith. I think of those, uh, this time that I was, uh, I guess, filling in as a youth pastor. There was this young man that had gone through uh, something that, you know, at his point in time in life, it was huge. 
uh, I remember as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, it's really not that big of a deal, man. Uh, but it was a big deal to him. And so I'm not going to say that, obviously. But I'm going to try to think about how it is from his perspective. He said, you know, I just got to get some things uh, fixed in my life. I'm too embarrassed to come to church. I just want get to this, get this right before I come back to church. I said, do you hear yourself right now? You're saying, I need to get things in order before I come to church? I said, that's the place to go get things in order. Uh, that's the time you should be going to church. That shouldn't be the time that you don't go to church. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, the many times that I've come to church, uh, broken, uh, tired, I, I look forward to the Wednesday night services. And I, I, I love Sunday, don't get me wrong, but something about Wednesday. Uh, it's like right when we get back in the middle of the week, I, mean, I just need a refresher. I need to get back and get around God's people and God's word and be encouraged and encourage somebody. But you'll experience his unquestionable purpose and it's to conform us to his image, to confirm our faith. How about this? to comfort one another with these words. Somebody here tonight has gone through something similar that you've gone through, and something you're going through is something similar somebody else is going through. I'm not gonna say that uh, I know exactly what you're going through, but maybe something that you've gone through that I could kind of relate to, because God's put, uh, sent me through something as well. But let's allow those things, those large needs, to help others, not hurt others. And uh, you've heard it before, I think the pastor even said it recently, but hurting people hurt people. And uh, I'll tell you what, this, this last Sunday, right before I was uh, in between the early morning service and coming to uh, the main service, I stopped at Food Lion. Don't, don't do that. Don't go to a place like that before church. But somebody said something that got me in the flesh. And uh, I was thanking the Lord that I was wearing a tie. Because if I wasn't wearing a tie, uh, I might have said something. And I said, what would you have said? I don't know. But probably something that would have got me in trouble. But I remember just thinking, man, I want, to, I want to say something in the flesh, but you know what? I need to remember that hurting people hurt people. And I'm not going to allow that to mess up my day. Don't get me wrong, that was, it was Sunday, so that was a good day. I did good that day. Um, but comfort one another with these words. Maybe something you're going through that you don't understand, you can help somebody with. What happens when I give my all to God? You'll experience His unfailing grace. You'll experience His inexhaustible supply for every need. You'll experience his unquestionable purpose. How about this? Number next, you'll experience his unexplainable peace. And uh, I tell you what, the world does not understand the peace that only Christ can bring. They try. They try to look for it. They try to search things that will give them that peace, but they find emptiness. And church family, church member tonight, can I just say we need to remember uh, that people are watching us when we go through a large need in our life and when you get to that point, as many of you uh, have experienced as well, you get to that uh, part in your life or that point in that uh, tragedy or trial, and you come to the point where you find that only you and God are there, you'll find that's the only what you need. And it's exactly what you need. And that's probably the reason why you went through that, was to get just to be alone with Christ. I think about some of the toughest times in my life that maybe to you uh, seems kind of small. And I'm thankful uh, that God brings only what we can handle into our lives. And uh, it builds us up for the next thing. But I think about many times in my own life where I just don't understand, but then I get alone with God, and there's just this peace that comes over me. And I realize, God, you know the reason for this. You're not surprised by this. Thank you for your unexplainable peace. What happens when I give my all to God? You'll experience His unfailing grace, His supply for every need, His unquestionable purpose. You'll experience His unexplainable peace. Lastly, you'll experience his unimaginable results. His unimaginable results. Now, a lot of times I'll say this, hey, I can't wait 
to see why I'm going through something. Anybody else do that? Said, I can't, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this. And uh, I'm thankful for the times that God does give us a glimmer of that picture of why we're going through something, but some things we're not going to know. And those uh, unimaginable results, we might not know until we get to heaven, but I'm thankful that I can experience that. You know, you, you, I think about a painter when they paint a picture, and uh, I'm good if I could just draw stick people. I'm, I've got no artistic skills at all. Uh, I can hardly even do it on a computer uh, when they already have the templates for you. Uh, but I think about a painter as they're painting a picture, and they get so focused on that thing in their life that it's messing up, and uh, it's, it's, man, this, this little blotch in the painting here. You say, man, this, this is tough. I don't know why I'm going through this. But then you take a step back and you look at that big picture, if you will. That little small blotch that you thought was a mistake makes a beautiful picture. And I think about just many things that I, I've heard from many of you that you've gone through. And I just, I, I, some of you have shared with me some, some tough t- things that you've gone through. I think, man, I don't know if I could handle that. I pray that I would, but I don't know if I could. So I got, please help me to help me in this situation I'm going through to learn how to step out in faith. This, this young boy here, he had a little offering. There was a large need. And you know what? As we read that story over and over again, and I did a poor job with it tonight, but I'm just wondering if I can help someone tonight, because with me, it's, it's helped me to remember uh, the timing uh, of God's timing is perfect. Uh, God's ways are higher than my ways. Uh, I don't understand everything. Uh, I don't even understand most things. Um, but I'm thankful that I know that there's a God that loves me, there's a God in heaven that wants the very best for me. And I think that there was a, a large need in, this, in this, this great multitude, there's a large need, but the little offering of that young boy. And, we, and again, could have been a different outcome, could have been just God speaking the, the, the food into existence, that would have been a great miracle, but God decided to use something very little. You know, and that's the thing about Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, He tends to use the weak to make them strong. He tends to use the very little uh, he doesn't use, although he does use extraordinary people, but he, oftentimes he uses ordinary people. I think about some of the people just in, even in our church that, uh, uh, and I, I don't know who all gives, but most of the time, in most cases, the people that give the most are the people that have the least, because ordinary people God uh, loves to use. And don't get me wrong, uh, God uses the extraordinary too. Uh, but I'm so thankful God uses the ordinary people. Just like this little boy here, who's, we don't even know his name. Uh, it wasn't important, little boy. He just wanted to give his lunch to Jesus Christ. I wonder tonight what it is in your life that you need to give over to the Lord. So I, I don't understand, but Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. Again, uh, uh, we've said it before, but maybe it's a, a job situation. Maybe it's a, a, a family situation. Uh, maybe it's uh, something that's in, in your own family that's personal, something that nobody knows about but you and the Lord. We need to step out in faith and let the Lord take that, that, that little offering, that large need, and I'm so thankful we serve a limitless God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.